Which brings me to the to today's message. Because when when I when I felt I felt I was led to this, and it blessed me. But then you know what I do? I tried to I tried to go now and I tried to research and find out. Is this really true? Can this really be true? And as I researched it, I found out that no commentary or no um, historical documentation, whatever, has proved it to be true or proved it to be wrong. So I'm like, huh. All right, Lord, so how are we going to do this? Because I, I don't want to get up there and share something because I know I have some bright and intelligent people in my congregation and they're going to look things up. So he said, look at the man who wrote it and look at the words he used. And I started looking at the words he used and it started, it started confirming what he revealed to me. And I was wondering, why don't people just go back to the, the man who wrote what he wrote and look at the words he chose? Because we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, particularly. And we all know that Luke, okay, he wrote his account, his Gospel for, for, uh, for a dignitary by the name of Theophilus, I believe. Was that his name, Rick? Theophilus? And he was very very meticulous very meticulous in his wording there's lots of wordings in Luke that are not in the other synoptic gospels and what else I've I've found out about Luke in the wordings that he's used and I wonder about this connection he wrote his gospel long after the apostle Paul penned most of his letters he was with the apostle Paul for many a time. And the Apostle Paul greatly influenced Luke to where Luke's gospel has a lot of phrases and words and, um, and um, admonitions the same that, that Paul used or Paul would use. And you see grace in his gospel so much more. Perhaps that's why God, that's why the gospel of Luke, of Luke has Luke chapter 15 about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. Perhaps. Um, but that connection. And then I started wondering about the words that he used. And we're going to show you some of these words. Okay. Learning them from Paul. And, 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 and it, it makes you wonder, could he use could he have used some of his research, right? Gone into the historical record, but also used, used Paul as some of his research because of the wording that he's, he's used. Because Paul, right, what does it say about Paul? Where did he learn his gospel message from? Where did he learn the gospel from? Jesus. He learned it from Jesus. Am I not right or right? Am I right or wrong? He learned it from Jesus. So could you imagine the things that what Jesus must have taught Paul. This is why Peter, in, thir- in 2 Peter chapter 3, the end of it, he says, listen, these things that Paul teaches us, you know, we wrestle with. They didn't even understand. They didn't understand. 
But they said, but you got to pay attention to him. You got to listen to him. And, and so you see this influence and, and, and like, you know, Luke is getting it from Paul who got it from Jesus. And so you can see, you can see this in his writings. So I, I've titled today's message. You know, I, I don't always give messages titles, but I give this one. So it's going to be easy to find for those that want to find it. You know, that if I send it out, out of a job, out of a job, we're going to talk about the shepherds today. <laughs> the shepherds today. One of my favorite passages of scriptures is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. We're going to look at this before we move on to, uh, to Luke. And this is what it says. And uh, please pay attention to, to, to this. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word, your message. Just use my lips and use my tongue. And don't let me put my own thoughts into it. Let it be yours. And let them find restful, restful hearts, Lord. And, and, and then produce fruit, Father. And we thank and praise you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says this, reading from verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come. It was all about a shadow of good things to come. And we know that the good thing to come was Jesus. And not the very image of the things and the law right could never could never ever with its sacrifices which was offered year by year by year by year continually make the comers perfect for then pay attention to this this is good for then would they not have ceased to be offered they would have stopped but they couldn't because it couldn't make the comers perfect. Because that the worshipers once purged would have had no more conscious of sins. That's, that's powerful. But in those sacrifices, there is always a remembrance again made of sins every year. Year after year after year after year after year after year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats could take away sins. What a beautiful portion of scripture. Thus you had shepherds. Thus you had sheep. Why? How many years? How many hundreds of years? How many hundreds of years? How many sheep? Over and over and over and over again. The need for shepherds. The need for sheep. And then we're going to look at a verse in John. Shepherding was an extremely common profession in Israel. You know? You go up to people, you know, hey, Damon, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a shepherd. <laughs> Frank, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a shepherd. <laughs> you know, Rick, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a shepherd. You know, it's, it's, it was common. It's common back then. Shepherds was common. Either that or maybe, you know, fishermen. So maybe you hit Brandon. Brandon, yeah, I'm a fisherman. Okay. But shepherding was extremely common, extremely common profession. And John chapter 1, verse 36, it identifies Jesus as looking on to Jesus, looking upon Jesus as he walked. He said, behold, behold the Lamb of God. Very important stuff because now we're coming into Luke. And remember, I told you I was going to share with you what kind of shepherds they were. 
and what kind of sheep they were. This is going to bless you. This is going to bless you. I hope. <laughs> so we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, them, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, good tidings, Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, that the, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and what they had seen as it was told them. Now, if you ever want to look at the stars in the sky, the brilliance of the stars, how magnificent they are, right? How big the sky is on a clear night, go into the middle of New York City and look up. You're not going to see a thing. Right or wrong? You're not going to see a thing. But now, if you go to a place, right? The sky is clear. Crisp, right? Absolutely no lights. No lights. How far can you see? Long ways. A long ways. You know? You could be, I could be 10 miles from you. We could be looking up at the same sky and seeing the same stars. Think about it. The glory of the Lord. Do you remember in, in Mark chapter 9 how Jesus was transfigured? The glory of the Lord. And they seen that. Brilliance. Majestic. That's shown above them. How far and how long and how wide do you think that could have been seen? 
But yet, shepherding, common. Shepherds, common. Sheep, common. Lots of pastures, but there was only one group. There was only one group. I never thought about that before. Why was there only one group? Why was it that group? Has anybody ever asked himself that question? I never did. Does it have any meaning? I believe it does. And I believe Luke gives us the answers. He gives us the answers. Number one, when the angels are talking and pronouncing what has taken place to the shepherds, they use certain, they use certain words. Now, you look at Matthew, you look at Mark, right? You look at Luke, you look at John. How many times do you think you can find the word Christ? Christ. I'm telling you, 50, over 50 times. It's everywhere. When you look at the word Lord, how many times? Again, high 40s, low 50s. What about Savior? This word that's in Luke chapter 2. Savior. The angels say he's going to be the Savior. What do you think? Well, actually three. It's used once in John, the Gospel of Grace. Only three times. Gospel of Grace and twice in this accounting. Why? Why? Luke's meticulous. Luke is led by the Holy Spirit. Luke, Luke has been influenced by Paul, who's been influenced by Jesus. And he's bringing this meticulous, this truthful story. And he uses the word Savior. 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 And that word Savior is so tear. That's where we get our study, soteriology, or soteria, or salvation. Jesus, the Redeemer the deliverer, the rescuer, the healer, the one who makes whole, the one who provides. The word is only three times, <clears throat> twice right here. So they're making their announcement to this group of angels, uh, this group of shepherds, that this is the Soter, the Savior. And they're knowing what this is going to mean. They know what this is going to mean. And then it says, oh, I forgot one. The, f the, first, the first word, good tidings, good tidings. This word is privy to Luke, to Luke. But you know where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? The word here he uses for good tidings, the, the word that Luke uses is Yoangelizo, which means to announce good news, especially the gospel. Declaring, bringing, showing good tidings, preaching the gospel. So they're coming, and Paul, and, and not Paul, see, I talk about Paul so much. Luke is using this word. The angels are coming preaching the gospel. We know what the gospel is. Preaching to them the gospel. Telling them 
Jesus is going to be Savior. Using the word Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus, Lord, the supreme authority, Master. This is what the angels are preaching to them. And now, to bring it home, he uses, they use the word, and you will find him in a manger, right? Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Do you know how many times the word clothes is found in the Bible? In, not the Bible, in the Gospels? Multiple times. But we look at the word clothes and we just think it's clothes. We just think it's clothes. Well, the typical word for clothes in the Greek is a blanket, um, a garment, a cloak, but not here. This word clothes is different. And it's spargano. Why does Luke use this? The shepherds knew why. And it means strips of cloths. Strips of cloths. You know when you have a baby in the hospital, they take that blanket, they put that baby in there, and they know how to just fold it all up, keep that baby warm? Not here. Not here. They took strips of cloths and found Jesus wrapped in strips of cloths. That means his arms were wrapped in strips of cloth. His arms, his legs were wrapped in strips of cloth. His body was wrapped in strips of cloth. Why? They knew why. They knew why. Because they were paschal shepherds. They were shepherds whose sole job was to raise sheep for sacrifice. To raise sheep without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. And when they would deliver the sheep, they would wrap them in strips of cloth so that they wouldn't hit their hooves together. They wouldn't gnaw. They would stay without blemish. And they were put in the trough to keep them safe. They knew this, and this is the wordings that Luke uses. And to make it even more, Solidified. When he talks about shepherd guarding guarding their sheep, Luke uses the phrase ten poimen autun, which means their flock, the temple flock, specially devoted to sacrifice. The shepherds were raising sheep to be without blemish for sacrifice. They heard the gospel preached. They heard the message of the Savior. 
They heard the message of the Messiah. They heard the message of Jesus and they knew that this was going to be God's sacrifice. The first ones to hear the gospel. The first ones to receive the gospel. And they were going to be the first ones to share the gospel as they told everyone about the sights that they had seen. These shepherds were no ordinary shepherds. These shepherds raised sheep for sacrifice. They were paschal shepherds. Paschal. Passover. 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 I, I didn't know this. When you look up the word paschal, it has two meanings. After Passover, after Christ, the, the word paschal took on a new meaning. And if you look it up, it, the secondary meaning of it is Easter child. Easter child. Easter child. These shepherds were the first to receive the gospel. They would be the first to share the gospel because they went sharing this good news. They went sharing this good news. And they told Mary. Nobody understood. Nobody understood. But it says she held these things in her heart. And she knew when she was at the cross because she had held these things in her heart. This is, an ama this is amazing. I think this is amazing. And, Paul, and, and Paul's influence on Luke and the words that Luke is choosing and the words that are not found anywhere else, it makes complete sense. So I want to leave you with this thought. Now this is, this is just Pastor Lennyism, but yet it came to me. It popped into me. And I believe yeah, there's, a, there's a, a good connection here. Where did they have to go? They had to go to the city of David. Bethlehem. Bethlehem was the city of David, right? Bethlehem was the city of David. Bethlehem, the city of David, where these Paschal shepherds were. Think about David. Think about Psalm 22. You know Psalm 22? If you don't know Psalm 22, please read it. It's a beautiful psalm. Starts out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then it goes into the whole accounting of the cross. And it ends up with, God has not forsaken me. God did not forsake Jesus. But it talks about the dogs. It talks about the piercings of his hand. It, 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 you know, it talks about the casting of his lots. It's a beautiful prophetic psalm. And then think about Psalm 23. How beautifully prophetic that is about Jesus, about our Savior. What was David? A shepherd. Where was he? Bethlehem. I believe David was a Paschal shepherd. I believe that's why he had the heart of God. I believe that's why he had all these prophetic words. You know, I, I, that I can't prove. But I can see the connection. And so when you look at this scripture, what does it do for us? It shows you, it shows you that our God is amazing. Our God has taken care to make sure every dot, every I is dotted, every T is crossed. He has taken care, meticulous care, to make sure the complete message is out there for us to know and to hear and to receive. So at Christmas time, you know, I encourage you to read through 
the Gospel of Luke, because it's the only one that has the accounting of the shepherds, of the nativity, of that whole, that whole time. No one has it like the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Gospel of Luke. And see what the Lord shows you. There's some amazing and wonderful and magnificent things there. Look at this. Look at it. Look up the words yourself. See how that blessing, the blessing of the announcement, the blessing of how it was recognized, the blessing of what it meant for us. Thank you, Lord.